signals for the Baltimore Colts. Unitas gives to Amici. The Colts are the world champions. Amici scores. That's amazing. Sensational. Dramatic. Heart-rending. Exciting. Thrilling finish in the history of college football. California has won the big game. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. This is Phil Steele. This is Mike Burnham. This is West Durham. This is Mike Ashley. Woo, mercy. This is handsome Jimmy Vanta, boogie-woogie man. Hey, guys. I'm ESPN's Marty Smith, and you're listening to Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Are you ready to rock? Are you ready to rock? The Doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network, 101.7, 103.5, and 1460. Simulcasting on 710 WFNR. Streaming online at WRADradio.com and the tune-in app for your phone. Join the conversation now on the Long and Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. Now your host, Rick Watson. Rick Watson. That's all we've got for today. Monday edition of the program. Hope you're okay wherever you might be. Still trying to decide what was the bigger tragedy for fans, the Daytona 500 or whatever in the holy hell that was last night in the NBA All-Star Game. We'll get into some of that. <laughs> Woo. Call us up on the Louise Baker team hotline, 639-4900. The text line's open, 744-2990. Rick at New River Radio. We'll review the basketball weekend. Both Tech and Radford, ACC. Stick and ball sports as well. Baseball got underway. Softball, their second weekend. Um... Up and down for the Tech softballers. And we're going to get into why North Carolina has become the poster child, their basketball team, for culture versus winning. They lose again yesterday to NC State. Right now, if the tournament started, they would be out. And it's pretty clear when you watch them play those guys don't care. They just simply do not care. 
They got paid, and they don't care. And that's because Hubert Davis has failed to build upon the culture that Roy Williams had. We're going to get into that just a little bit. The same thing's happening at Duke, in my opinion. You can't just show up because a jersey has a certain name on it. Or, you know, nowadays it's the hideous, just the logo on it. But, and think that culture is just all of a sudden going to lead you to winning. The coach has to, a new coach, especially when you're replacing a legendary Hall of Famer, has to reestablish his own culture. And we're going to talk about why that's not happening, especially at Carolina, but you can also sense it happening at Duke a little bit. We'll get into all that as well. And we'd like to hear from you, how you decided to uh, spend your weekend, whatever you um, decided to partake into, whether you went to the Tech games, Men win. They were favored to win. Five and a half points, I think, was the closing line. Five or five and a half. They beat Pitt. They covered that. Tech women yesterday, impressive. Knocking off NC State, sweeping the Wolfpack. They're on an absolute roll, seven in a row, or six in a row. I think they're going to uh, win out. Tech's got a big one coming up on the men's side against Miami. Highlanders lost at Longwood. Ryan Antoine did not play. UNC Asheville clinched the regular season title after their win. Radford's got a week left. Highlanders are limping toward the finish line. They've lost three of four. Got to get it worked out this week. Had a high point on Wednesday. Then senior day against Campbell on Saturday. And as I mentioned, we'll get back into the Tech and Radford baseball weekends, softball weekends, a lot going on as we get through the middle of February. But where to begin? I will say this. I'm not a huge, <clears throat> massive NASCAR fan, and maybe someone can explain it to me. Let's start there. I mean, <sighs> I know they have struggled to find their niche in terms of evolving the sport to where the modern-day fan, maybe even younger race fans, are going to appreciate it. Therefore, they've tweaked how they crown their champion. They've added all these stages to the events. And I don't know overall if that's something that the base fan group likes or not. I don't know. You can tell me if you're a diehard racing fan. I mean, I've enjoyed it. I have been a fan. I was a Jeff Gordon fan coming up. I liked that era of racing. Dale, uh, Dale Earnhardt, all those guys. Dale Jarrett. I really enjoyed that. Mark Martin, right? And that was a fun time in NASCAR. That's when it was really starting to build. The crescendo was rising. And I'm not saying the guys out there are not talented drivers because they clearly are or they wouldn't be out there going 200 miles an hour to a place like Daytona. But it seems like to me, for one, the coverage yesterday, I was reading some of the comments on the, uh, on the Twitter on both the NASCAR account and on the Fox NASCAR account. People were very angry. Apparently, I didn't watch. I got to be honest, I didn't watch much of the race. I watched the start. People were saying there were way too many commercials. They missed a big wreck because they kept breaking away. 
They didn't do the split screen as often. People were making fun. They can't wait for the new NASCAR split screen that's going to have nothing but commercials on either side. So I don't know, you know, about all that. But I do know at the end, you know, they had a massive wreck. And I think Ricky Stenhouse Jr., I'm not even sure who that is, won. He ended like a 200-race drought. So that's a fun story. But I guess I need to ask you, if you're a diehard racing fan, how do you see NASCAR in 20, now here we are starting 2023? Do you still follow it? Do you think it's changed too radically? I mean, their event back in Los Angeles to start out was a massive failure in year two because of all the wrecks. And last night seemed to kind of be anticlimactic. I don't know after the big wreck. And I'm sorry, I'm just not a massive um, super speedway fan anyway. To me, it's boring racing. Right? I mean, you're just basically waiting till somebody gets in a line with you and everybody's going to go. You're just trying to stay out of a crash. Everybody's running two lines. Maybe that's just me and maybe people are scoffing at what I'm saying because, oh, you don't like supers. No, I don't. I think it's boring. I mean, the only reason to tune into Daytona, in my opinion, is the last five laps. And then, of course, we saw what? Two wrecks, two restarts. Then it ended under caution. You can sit there for five hours and watch it if you want, but it's all going to change so radically from all the time you've invested into it to the very end. So I don't know. It just seems like to me, and also I'll, I'll never understand why a sport starts off its season with what it says, hey, self-proclaimed biggest event. We're going to lead off with it, so everything we're building to, even our championships, kind of like, eh, okay. But you know what? It's not Daytona. I don't think the drivers, the personalities of the drivers, I don't know if they market very well. It seems like it's a very limited appeal sectionally in this country. But let me know what you think. If I'm off base in your mind, that's fine. I don't know enough about it to know how this, in many racing fans' minds, compares to what I think was the golden age in the mid to late 90s into the 2000s to where it is today. I still don't believe the sport's recovered from losing its all-time biggest star, Dale Earnhardt. That's just my opinion, but that's the way I feel about it. I think it's tried to move on, but that incident to me has overshadowed anything that's come after. Dale Jr. wasn't a massively successive driver. He was in the marketing standpoint, but he wasn't in terms of being competitive week in and week out and being a championship type of driver. But he carried it for a while, his legacy of his dad, and I think he did an admirable job trying to do that. I really do. That was a lot to, a lot of pressure and a lot of, I'm sure every time he went out there, I don't know how in the world he even got behind the wheel not thinking about his dad. But it seems like the further we've gotten away from it, what NASCAR is today, I just don't I just don't know if it has its appeal. But hey, if I'm wrong, I'll be glad to listen to your counterpoint. I don't know. I'm just giving you my observation as kind of at best a casual observer of it now. Can't even say I'm a fan of it. Just kind of a casual observer.
respect what they do. I couldn't do it. But I'm just talking about the overall structure of NASCAR, how it crowns its champion. Are the stages a good thing? Wasn't that, you know, for me, the part of the appeal was, and I know football has quarters and halves and all that, and I know people have made that point, but racing, it just seemed like before it was man and car and team versus man and car and team. You get out there, start the race, and then you got to figure it out. Instead of all these planned stages that takes out a lot of the strategy, everybody comes in at the same time, everybody gets new tires, everybody can tweak their cars, as opposed to it being which team's going to make the right call, right? Which team's going to guess right? Which team's going to gamble? Which pit crew has to make sure they get... That was part of the whole fun for me. Now it all just kind of seems... But as bad as that was, it doesn't approach to the absolute joke that is the NBA All-Star Game. Michael Malone, who was the head coach of the Western team last night, or whomever the hell he coached, I don't think they even do East and West anymore. He was the coach for Team LeBron. Oh, that's right. They go Team Giannis, Team LeBron. And this is what Michael Malone said. It was 184 to 175. He goes, it's an honor to be part of All-Star Weekend. Sure, great players, but this is the worst basketball game ever played, ever. (laughs) He said, maybe one or two players tried, but for the majority, they just didn't. He goes, they just came here to put on a show for the fans but that is a tough game to sit through. I'm not going to lie. No competitiveness to it whatsoever. No defense played. Traveling all over the floor. And at this point, they just need to stop playing the game. They just need to handle this the way the NFL eventually evolved into with its flag football weekend. Nobody tried in the Pro Bowl because nobody wanted to get hurt. Then you had all these lawsuits that were just kind of sitting there waiting. Oh, you're going to make our guys play in this game again? What happens if they get hurt? Everybody stopped playing. Guys were opting out. Nobody wanted to go. So now you have flag football weekend and everybody's safe and happy. They just need to stop playing the All-Star game. Make it a complete, I don't know, come up with any kind of skills weekend you can have. Name your all-star team. I'm sure the guys wouldn't play because they, you know, they have the load management going anyway. They don't want to play basketball anyway. Because God forbid you can play 82 games back-to-back nights. We don't want to do that. It was just bad. It's just I didn't watch a second of it. I was just looking at the reaction on Twitter. Everybody was just like, "Ooh, this is this is terrible." And and I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Over 350 points scored in a basketball game. Why do they even play it? The weekend should end with what they do on Saturday, right? The skills competition. That's what should be done. Everything should just end then. Because whatever they're doing for the game itself, when you have a head coach of one of the teams ripping it, 
Just stop. The feel-good story was Mac McClung, Gate City's own Mac McClung, who won the Slam Dunk Championship. We got a kid from kind of, not necessarily the New River Valley, but here locally, win the Slam Dunk. And that's cool for us. Now, most years we don't pay any attention to the Slam Dunk Contest because just like everything else with All-Star Weekend in that league, it's, it's not very good. Here it's nice to see a local kid especially a diminutive guy like that, win the whole thing. That was cool. That was the highlight of the whole thing. They could have just ended All-Star Weekend right there instead of that embarrassing foray of crap that they put out last night for the All-Star game. One of the head coaches is saying it's terrible. Just stop playing the game. There's nothing at all appealing about the NBA All-Star game. Absolutely nothing. Just like I don't think there's a whole lot appealing about the Daytona 500, but at least it's part of the regular season. NBA's got a huge image problem going on right now, and it's all because of Adam Silver, the commissioner. Because all he does is give in to every player's demand at all times. Yet Kevin Durant, by the way, stupidly say that being able to beg out of your contract and demand a trade is good for the league, end quote. We should be able to dictate when we want to change teams, he says. It's good for the league. Adam Silver does nothing. He wants to honor Carl Malone, a man who impregnated a 13-year-old girl years ago. But hey, that's not important. NBA's got a lot of issues right now. If it weren't for ESPN, who spent way too much money covering the league, buying contracts for the league, you wouldn't hear about the NBA very often from other outlets. It's not a good product right now. And the irony of all this is, right now, I think the greatest talent of basketball players that's ever been assembled in the league from roster to rosters in the league right now. But the problem is, the game is not the important thing. It's the lifestyle. I've said this before, and I'm going to stand by it. Nobody's questioning the amount of talent, but the lifestyle of the NBA took over the love of the game. There were a few players who spoke out against what's going on in the league this weekend, but it'll only get a ripple. We'll be back. Stay with us. Just getting started for another week. I was listening to the broadcast, and I was wondering, what exactly is it? You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk. More BDSD next. It is nice to see a couple players also rip the All-Star game. Jalen Brown said, hey, it's not basketball. It's just a glorified layup line. No defense is played. It's frustrating. Jaron Jackson said the same thing. He said, you just run and you just don't try. You're basically not trying because nobody wants you to try. Talking about the rest of the players. And then for a while you say, no, I'm going to try. Then you see nobody else is out there giving an effort and then it's over. All right? So you have at least two players and one of the head coaches of one of the teams coming out and saying that. So, all right. The news is coming up. We'll get back into this. You can call us up 639-4900 on the Baker Team Hotline. Text line 744-2990. 
and we'll be back. Hope you're well wherever you might be here on this Monday. We'll discuss this further, get into the big weekend for local basketball, stick and ball sports. Marva comes up at 7.05. Talk to Marva about this. She's got a good head on her shoulders. Tim Thomas at 8.35. We'll be back. This is handsome Jimmy Vane, the boogie woogie man, professional wrestler. I tell all my people, listen, listen to Rick Watson. Yeah! Welcome back. 25 minutes for the top of the hour. Call us up, 639-4900. on the text line. Speaking of wrestling, they started the new A&E season on the... Uh, WWE biographies. I think last night was the NWO. Now, obviously, I couldn't stay up that late and watch it, but I did record it. So I'm looking forward to that. Good stuff. The NWO. Big weekend. Tech gets a win against Pitt, as expected. I didn't think it would go any other way. At home, Tech's a totally different team. You talk about Jekyll and Hyde? Well, that's them. We'll get into that a little bit. Uh, Grant Basile right now has emerged as their best player. Let's go to the Baker team hotline. Hey, good morning. Who's this? Big dog. This is Big Al and Gaylock. Hey, what's up, Big Al? How you doing, brother? Not too much. Had an opportunity to listen to Coach Pry on Friday. Yeah. I've heard him twice on your show. I don't get an opportunity to listen to all your broadcasts, but how many times has Coach Pry been on your show in the last 15 months since Um, he started? uh, We've had him on uh, three different times. Okay, and refresh my memory in the previous administration, six years. How many times were they on your show? <laughs> well, it wasn't six years, but from the time we got back uh, from the show, I guess in 2020, we were denied every request to have Coach uh, Fuente on. Uh, he, so that would be a zero? That would be a zero, even though our stations are the flagship station for Tech Athletics. That is correct. <laughs> okay. Just want to make sure my math was right. That is correct. Um, I've had an opportunity to attend the last several women's games at Virginia Tech and what an outstanding program Kenny Brooks has built and what a lot of fun that's been. And uh, Hokie Nation really showed out yesterday with over 6,400 fans. Nice. uh, One of the top ten attendances in the history of women's basketball at Tech. Love it. They deserve it. Absolutely. Certainly do. I just wanted to let you know they're running a fan-wide Sixty five percent off on Fanatics this week, so I ordered you a long sleeve black Virginia Tech shirt <laughs> with the big T on the front. Thanks, man. See, well, I appreciate about, that. It's all about you. Yeah, it is, man. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh regarding NASCAR. Yeah, what's your thoughts? Huge, what's your thoughts on it? I've never been a huge NASCAR fan, but I know enough about it just to be dangerous. And I even with the death of Dale Earnhardt, I've never seen a sport that was at its zenith. And the powers that be come up with the idea to pull races away from the area where it was the heart and soul of the sport Mm -hmm. to move it to larger metropolitan areas that didn't have the background in NASCAR. And that was their idea to expand. Right. They took it to cities that didn't really even follow the sport as much. Right. And, And gutted the heart of the area where it started. 
And then when that formula began to deteriorate, they come up with the idea, and correct me if I'm wrong, I've never seen another major sport change formats for their champions more times than NASCAR. Correct. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And I still don't really understand the whole thing. <laughs> I really no, don't. <laughs> I, think they're, I think they're grasping at straws. And my last point would be really curious after the terrible time that the NBA All-Star game had in Las Vegas in which they were asked to not come back. And if you stop and think about that sentence for just a minute, but how in the world did they wind up with the NBA All-Star game in Salt Lake City, Utah? <laughs> where they were ripping uh, the city last night on the bra- all weekend, Charles Barkley and all those guys, Shaq, were ripping the city, you know, for being boring and so forth, the entire broadcast. So, yeah, it, 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 it's not good. It, the league is not good. Uh, and I don't, and I hate, it's, it, I don't understand why, because like I said, I think the talent level is as high as it's ever been. I really do. But they just don't care. I just don't think enough guys care about the game. I really don't. All right, big dog, you have a great day. Thanks, man. Great call. Appreciate it. Six three nine forty nine hundred. All right, I got to say that. I got to get this out there because it really makes me mad. All right, so this was released this weekend, by the way, by the CDC. And when you used to go to people with this, you would get canceled on social media because of politics. Here's the headline. And this is what I said from the beginning of the whole COVID thing to where we are today. You ready for this? NBC ran the headline as well on its website. Had a story on it on one of their hideous Sunday shows. Immunity acquired from a COVID infection. Immunity from, you know, your own body is as protected as vaccination against severe illness and death. The immunity generated from an infection was found to be at least as high, if not even higher, than that provided by two doses of the vaccination. I'm just going to let that sink in a little bit for everything that we were sold over the last two years. If anyone still wants to believe this wasn't done for personal gain, political posturing, whatever it may have been, power over the people. Yeah, that came out this weekend. And if that doesn't make you angry, if you just fall in line and say, oh, well, I got canceled because I didn't want to get my shots, but oh, well. We were told if we didn't, we may die, but oh, well. It is this kind of thing that's going on which has the world at peril, right? This is the kind of thing, the kind of blatant lies and brainwashing that's going on. And it comes out more, I guess it's always been going on. Somebody made a great point the other day that, This is the kind of thing that government and the big companies, I guess, have always done. But we don't, we didn't know about it because we didn't have social media. Somebody made that point that maybe it hasn't changed as drastically as it seems because now everything's highlighted because of 
wherever you go, you know, message boards, Twitter, Facebook, what else we got out there? We got Instagram, whatever it may be that now these things come to light and more people have, quote, voices, end quote. But all the trillions of dollars that were made. And then they release a statement like that. I want to read it one more time. After this was denied, and any time this was brought up, you were a hater or you were canceled. Immunity acquired from a COVID infection is as protective as vaccination against severe illness and death. Really? So you mean that this one disease, this one virus, didn't supersede every other virus in the history of mankind... From the Cro-Magnon days and find a way to elude our immune system. Huh. Imagine that. <laughs> but we we were sold this just treacherous outcome. They've admitted that they jacked up all the numbers of death associated with this virus. Everything was a complete and utter farce from what we were fed. Not that people didn't get sick and not that people didn't have major, major health issues if you had some kind of underlying illness. But the bottom line is when you see that statement, it should make you very angry because this isn't something that just happened. This is being released now because it was been, it's been known, it's been an afterthought. This is being released now because, well, I guess the money's drying up, so we can go ahead and let them know what they've already known for, for years and months anyway. That should make everybody angry. And everybody should be asking the questions. Why? Why was it allowed to go? Why was it allowed to be unchecked by the media? And you know why? Because they were all in bed with it together. The politicians, the pharmaceutical companies, you name it, they were all into it. People who made the masks, people who wanted to have power over you, destroyed the economy, wouldn't let us go outside, wouldn't let you go to work, shut this down, shut that down, made you feel guilty. What do you mean you don't have a vaccination? Then by God, you're going to go crawl under a rock, you can go straight to hell. Because you're not doing what you're being told to do. Mm. Makes me very angry. That statement made me angry. Seeing them talk about it like it's an afterthought yesterday. As if you didn't get told for two years anybody who had this free-throwing thought of science that was true about immunity weren't ostracized and just being told that they were on the wrong side of the fence on this. Let's go to the Baker team hotline. Hey, good morning. Who's this? Wayne from Redford. How you doing? Hey, Wayne. How are you? All right. Uh, the uh, political things that are going on, uh, it sort of gives me a headache when I hear it. Yes, absolutely. The news and things like that. Yes. It seems like it's got a lot to do with what's going on in the country right now. 
Yes, it's all about division. Everybody wants us to. Everybody wants us to be a separate nation now. Both political parties want us to be a separate nation, and the media wants us to be a separate nation. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just uh, I don't know. It just seems like it's different. It's not uh, the racial things are going on worse now. Yes, because it's always brought it up. Like the, correct. It's like the gut. Go ahead. No, I mean it's always, it's always, the focal point of everything. All right, everyone yeah. brings up race in every single moment of your every day. Something comes up, and it's only to a certain point of view, and so it never is allowed to manifest itself properly because it's always a point of contention. Right. It's it's always such a major focus. So certainly it's always going to be a problem because it's always coming up, even when in a lot of cases it has nothing to do with any of the arguments that's being made. Yeah, and it seems like people don't it's like they don't see what's going on. Right. Right. I'm with you. I appreciate the call, Wayne. Appreciate you, man. All right. All right, thank you. So I'm getting text messages now. Here you go. I'm good friends with an ER doctor from Roanoke and asked him about the immunity versus vaccination about a year ago. And he said, the virus is still being studied. It's brand new and they don't know why. They don't know why the vaccines were put out because there wasn't enough study and research to show what immunity had on the virus, that these were rushed. And that's exactly right. And then they released that yesterday that shows you that everything that we were talked into was an absolute and utter lie. I mean, this should outrage everybody. Whatever side you fell on, whether you want to just go ahead and just acquiesce and do whatever you're told, which is fine if that's who you are, or you want to question it because you don't want the government and pharmaceutical people and the mixed messages from all these companies and the so-called medical experts Right? It's science. To rule your life, you can make your own decisions. You should be very angry. It really should piss everybody off when you see them say the thing that common sense told anyone from the get-go. Right? And certainly immunity doesn't mean you're not going to get sick. If that's the case, you wouldn't get the cold every year. But your body adapts to it to where it works itself through. And then you get the virus through, right? You take medicine, whatever you do to help it out. Things that will help you along until that, that uh, infection gets out of your bloodstream, right? That's what coughing does. That's what sneezing does. No, immunity doesn't mean you're going to never get sick. It just means you're not going to have longer lasting effects. But I think about it from a sports perspective, and I think about all the damage that was done to young people by canceling their lives, and they're still not recovering. The mental illness, the mental anguish that still permeates throughout many of our schools and young people. And nobody's going to take responsibility for it. There's going to be no accountability. It's kind of like, you know, officiating in college basketball. We'll be back. You're not off the leash yet. We're happy to have you with us and hope you'll come back often. 
Big Dog Sports Talk. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. We'll be right back on WRAD. Six minutes for the top of the hour. <laughs> Wayne says, I can't believe you're working on President's Day. <laughs> uh, I'm shocked that President's Day hasn't been completely canceled yet. I'm surprised that's even a thing. Who knew? <sighs> Tech uh, knocks off NC State in women's hoops. You just turned Big Al. So 6,400 people there. 75-62. Um, another double dip for... Uh, Liz Kitley, 24 and 10. Also for Georgia Amor. How about 15 points, 11 assists? Yeah, that'll do. You talk about a one two punch. Tech, I believe, I believe, even though they're not officially there yet, the class of the ACC in women's basketball. That's six in a row. They finish up at Carolina. That's manageable. And then they've got uh, Georgia Tech. They're sitting there still, one game behind Duke and Notre Dame. They just beat Duke. Game against Notre Dame was when they were kind of not sure, you know, their identity, I don't think. Every team has a new identity every year. It's not just based on what you're going to do in the preseason. But now they have found it. They have come together at the right time. Kenny Brooks said that was the most raucous environment that he's been involved in with the noise and, and everything else. So good for them and congratulations to the ladies as they're now twenty two and four on the season. I mean they're gonna have to be hosting, right? We're gonna talk to Tim Thomas about this at eight thirty five. They have to be hosting. And there's gonna be huge crowds there for the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. Have to be. But this team, in my opinion, has a legitimate shot at the Final Four. I really believe that. I mean, I watch women's basketball. There are some really good teams. In South Carolina, they had a road test. They had to battle back against Ole Miss last night. I mean, it can happen on any night. But they've got what it takes. They really, really do. Now, I'm not making any vast prediction, but... I just know that I was involved the first time that Virginia Tech's women's basketball team hosted NCAA games under Bonnie Hendrickson, the Sweet 16 team, led by Lisa Witherspoon and Amy Wetzel in the backcourt, and Terry Williams, Katie O'Connor, Michelle Hollister, Kim Seaver. Man, that was a good team. And that place was absolutely off the charts. Man, they were good. Yeah, and that's true too, Wayne. That's a great point. You're exactly right. And Ashley Owusu, who they, the big transfer, hasn't she's been hurt. She hasn't really gotten into the flow as of yet. Maybe that'll happen as they get closer to the postseason. Hey, uh, quick time for a call. Hey, who's this? Hokey Bob here. Hey, Hokey Bob, what's up? One thing about Georgia, Amor, 
her first couple of shots were to the right last night, and everybody's going, what in the world's going on? Well, she was wearing a big black arm wrap Mm -hmm. on her right arm. Right. She has injured her right arm. She finally figured it out, but she she had actually a low-scoring game yesterday, and that was because Kenny Brooks said in his uh, interview after the game, that she'd been hurt, but she should be 100% for the North Carolina game. Okay, so all right. She's amazing even when she's in. She is, she is. Bob, I appreciate the call, man. Good stuff. Yeah, she is. 15 points, 11 assists. She found another way to help her team. All right, we have to take a break. Come back. News is coming your way next in Hour 2 with Marvin.